0: Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa.
1: Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be taking a deep dive into UK markets and going to be looking at a number of UK equities and to do that, we're very kindly joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thank you much for being on the podcast today. Hello,
0: John. Good to be back.
1: So, Alan, we're going to start off with looking at the UK economic picture. We're going to be looking and touching very briefly on some of the big movers that we've seen over the last couple of days. And then we're going to be moving on to discuss two equities that we've touched on on the podcast previously in 2023 and do a bit of a catch up on Their latest developments and and what's happening with them. So let's get into it, Alan. We're we're looking at a FTSE 100 today, which is again on the up. We saw a very sharp move to the upside yesterday. Of course, course inflation in the UK has fallen back to 7.9%. That was lower than economists' consensus predictions, of 8.2 percent, and, and of course down from 8.7 percent in the in the previous month. So that's really sparked a wave of, of optimism in markets that the Bank of England will not have to make the half a percent raise in interest rates in their next meeting, which was very much priced into markets just uh, just a week ago. So that's helped. The the FTSE 100, it's helped in particular the house builders, Alan, and that's a sector that we're going to focus on now. Huge gains yesterday. I'm just looking here at the chart for Persimmon, which coincidentally was a top pick for Morningstar. We had Michael Field their equity strategist for Europe on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and they highlighted within their consumer cyclical sector, Persimmon was one of their top picks. And just looking here over the last five days, persimmon is indeed up up 18%. So a huge move there. But Alan, when we're looking at these moves, yes, the potential for lower interest rates is good for the house building sector. A 20% move is significant, though. Are people forgetting that maybe we are going to be seeing additional rate hikes from the Bank of England still? Yes, 7.9%. Inflation is lower than what it was previously, but it's still seven point nine percent, a lot higher than what we're seeing in the United States. The Bank of England still will have to act. Do you think that moves overdone, or, or, or sort of looking at these share prices on a historical basis over the last three years, that really there's a lot of value there in these companies?
0: I think there is a lot of value, John. Absolutely. Um, we, we've seen we've seen the Bank of England uh, well acting uh, with, with a fairly blunt instrument. Um, Using interest rates to uh, to 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 kill spending to to try to dry down inflation, um, and it does seem finally that medicine is starting to work. It's starting to permeate across the markets, and we're seeing uh, we're seeing reductions in uh, in in fuel prices primarily. That's been the key driver, but also I think uh, I think food prices might start to come down too. Um, it's it's too early to to speculate as to whether the bank of england will continue to rise rates uh, right uh, to to raise interest rates but i suspect that if the if inflation carries on falling we start to catch up as you say with the us and other countries because we are lagging behind we you know we're still we're still lagging behind the g7 in in, in many respects um, i think uh, i think the bank of england uh, will probably put a cap on it and of course once that signal goes out that should hopefully drive um, the market's higher still, um, and certainly of all of the sectors, I, I think the the house uh, the house building sector has absolutely taken a hammering. Um, you know, there's there some data out um, recently looking at uh, you know the the, uh, the 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 house builders we mentioned Bissman just now, Taylor Wimpy, Barrett's, Belway, Redrow, crest Ingleson. You, you know, all of these stocks over the past year have you know that they're, they're down. uh, persimmon was actually the biggest faller which is probably why we're seeing we're seeing the biggest bounce back you know it's fallen farther and further than its uh, its peer group barrett's by contrast down 6% taylor wimpy down 10% Um, and of course these companies pay fantastic dividends and they have this uh, we've spoken before about land banks you know they they've gone out and bought uh, land banks um, when land prices were cheap so of course in the background, you've got um, the nascent value of these plots of land rising all the time. Of course, you know once uh, once houses built on there, it becomes more valuable still because all of the services and everything else associated with that uh, are are plugged into. But certainly, um, I think the the the, the Persimmon bounce back uh, or, or the the fact that it's come back so hard, and also uh, that it was picked out by your colleague a few weeks ago, is because it's fallen farther and further so I think we're just seeing a catch-up now so anyone that bought uh, you know right at the bottom has done really well you know uh, I mean you know Friday last week the, tr- the shares were trading at ni- 974 pence here we are today 12, 12 pounds 40 or 1240 pence you know that's a that's a huge turnaround in a week and of course you've got you've got a, a, a um, you, you, you've got a dividend yield there in the region of 12-13% uh, of, of on the current basis. I, I, I would imagine that dividend will be adjusted going forward. But nonetheless, you know, I think it's an absolute slam dunk It's a must have in your portfolio at the moment. And uh and um, certainly I think if you're looking to buy key FTSE hundred stocks at the moment, a, a a package of house builders in your portfolio, you could do a lot worse.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, I mean certainly looking at the house builders, huge moves. Uh, but, you know, sort of looking at what's out there, you know, I, th- I think you know that that pound cost averaging on a, on a position like this would be wise to consider, given that if we see some of these Bank of England meetings coming up, we could see a huge amount of volatility. Of course, that volatility in the last couple of days has been very, very positive in terms of the, the the upside moves. And it just shows how much uh, these interest rates and, and perception of interest rates going forward at the point that we are. Coming towards the end of the rate height cycle, mm-hmm. not just here in the uh, in the UK, but of course in the United States, yeah. what those moves can actually do to to stocks. So it's going to be a particularly interesting rest of the summer and going into to early autumn uh, for for markets. Indeed. Uh, also, uh, I think something. Sorry, Alan.
0: Go on. Yeah, I was going to say I mentioned uh, the the land banks there. Of course, these companies have during. The, the past few years, of course, we've seen we've seen uh, property prices come off. Well, particularly this year, property prices have come off. Uh, price of uh, price of building land has fallen, and so on. So these companies have been topping up during that time as well. So that so these house builders, you know, they have they have a huge cash arsenal available to them. So they have been spending that money, and that that will come to fruition as investment for them over the next few years too. So that's another another reason why house builders are are so attractive.
1: Indeed, indeed, certainly setting themselves up for growth when we start to see the the housing market here in the UK once more improve. So just a final note, I I think on what we saw yesterday, and and it's the pound, Alan, in terms of the the weakness that we saw. We've seen a, a, a huge appreciation in the pound against the dollar. Uh, just over the last month. And and that's mainly, I think, down to the divergence that we were seeing in inflation rates between the UK and the United States. Of course, the United States, much lower than than we are now in terms of inflation. Mm. It does give the Federal Reserve a lot of space in terms of their their next move. They they can indeed pause again a couple of times this year and may only have to make one or two more uh, rate hikes to, to bring it down to that 2%. Inflation, So we saw the pound fall off uh, yesterday, trading now beneath 130 against the the dollar, which I think is quite an interesting thing to note because there is this inverse relationship between the FTSE 100 and the overseas earners within the the index and the pound. So that could well be a supporting factor for the index going forward. And I think to some extent, looking at what's happened to the FTSE 100, We've actually seen declines whilst the, the S&P, for example, has rallied and, and indeed some yeah. European indices. And I think that's really down to pound strength mm. and, and knocking, you know, the likes of, of Unilever, for example, Reckitt Ben-Kaiser, uh AstraZeneca, you know, the, these big constituents of the FTSE 100, which earn their a lot of their cash overseas and, and report in, in foreign currencies. You know, it does make their earnings look a lot less attractive with with a stronger pound yeah. but as we we start to see that weakening that could be an interesting trade to to look at there and indeed provide support for
0: for the FTSE 100 going forward. absolutely and, and just to final on the house builders of course if that uh, if that scenario uh, uh, does pan out um UK house builders of course uh, predominantly re- re- report in sterling so 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 that's another reason why at the moment with a with a weaker pound uh they will be attractive but of course if um if if the pound does, uh, or, or, or if if the if the uh, if the pound does start to strengthen against the dollar, that could that could have an inverse reaction too. So something to take note of.
1: Indeed, indeed. So we're going to move on now, Alan, and we're going to discuss the two companies that I mentioned at hmm. the beginning, in ECR Minerals and Tech Capital. Two companies that we've discussed in detail on the podcast so far this year. We've welcomed the Tech Capital CEO, Dr. Clifford Gross, to uh, one of our virtual investor presentations earlier on in the year, which was particularly insightful. So, we're going to go back and have a look at some of the metrics there. But we're going to start with ECR Minerals, Alan. And just looking here at the chart, there's been a significant move to the upside in ECR Mineral share prices over the past couple of weeks. What do you feel is driving this move?
0: I think it's a number of factors. Um, the uh, ECR has a, uh, a portfolio of assets in Australia. I'm not going to go to these. I, I think most people are familiar with the story, but uh, they have um, assets in Victoria, Creswick, and and Bayliston, and also they are, <coughs> excuse me, developing a series of assets in. Queensland, uh, no, uh, namely the Lulworth Project and the Hurricane Project, which are up in the uh, Hurricane is up in the far north of, of Queensland, um, and uh, they also have a, a third project there, the Blue Mountain Project, which will which they'll do, be developing going forward. But um, but what has happened uh, uh, across these projects, um, particularly in Victoria, which was the primary focus of ECR a few years ago, um, some of the drilling results that have come back haven 't been as strong as hoped or or the depth and the expected uh, level of mineralization hasn 't uh, hasn 't uh, uh, proven to be what had been hoped originally um, nonetheless um, the company is uh, is still very um, active in that area but they've they' are focusing at the moment on developing the assets in queensland but i 'm sure we 're going to hear more from Cresic going forward uh, it, there are, there's, a, there's an awful lot of uh, sample and rock chip uh, work that's been taken that has taken place there and we're going to get some further results back I'm sure uh, in the coming days and weeks. So um, but uh, in, the, in, in the interim the, the focus is on Queensland. Um, there's a team on the ground or they're going to be on the ground in the next uh, couple of weeks at the hurricane project um and this is a project the company bought in last year new it was uh, really the, the the baby of andrew Haythorps, who's the chief executive who took over obviously from the sadly uh, deceased craig uh, craig uh, uh, brown um and um uh, andrew has knowledge of this project prior to his joining the company um the hurricane project uh, uh, Andrew actually went to James Cook University up in Queensland there, and he he uh, he's done some work with a geologist who uh, has walked across the region. The company undertook a lidar survey, which is a laser-based ground survey, uh, which proved up the uh, the outcrops that were originally reported on the documentation, and also identified further areas to go at. So the team are going on the ground there in the next few weeks. But it's believed the millerization there. Particularly, there's one project, the Tornado Prospect, is um uh it, it, it is several hundred meters long, It is um it uh is an average of three meters wide, twenty meters wide in some areas, um and a chock full of mineral mineralization. We're going to find out more in the next couple of weeks when the company reports on the ground. There, we may get uh, an interview with Adam Jones, the head geologist there. But um uh there's an awful lot happening, um and the company share prices. Uh, along with many other small uh, junior explorers it has it has stuck, sunk over the past year because of course the um, that the, the markets uh, and, and and the sector have just taken an absolute battering. Um, but I think there's a resurgence now that, that, that there's been a bit of a move in the gold price which of course Ecr is primarily focused on but um also yesterday the company reported from its Lulworth project which is about uh, 200 200 clicks further south from hurricane. Um, and this, uh, the Lulworth, uh Range project, is within the uh, uh, within a, a very fertile area for mines. You have the Charters Towers gold mine, you have the uh, Pajingo mine, Mount Nation, and there's a raft of mining activities across this area. But Lulworth Range hadn't been explored; it was virgin territory. Um, uh, last year, the team got in on the ground there. They were they they had sort of uh, numerous. Uh, well, uh, uh, n- numerous uh, um, times went through uh, field work and sampling. They, they had visible gold uh, in the samples that they pulled out. And indeed, they were getting some fantastic grades out of the area. But they also discovered uh, um, niobium tantalum, of course, the, uh, you know, some of the rare earths um, and, and uh, rare minerals, uh, you know, minerals that are critical for clean energy and new technology. Um, and yesterday uh, they announced uh, some further sampling results which uh, were very strong indeed. And what, what, what the company's done from the initial sampling, they've gone in and they've placed soil grids over the areas that they believe have the greatest potential. Um, the results have come back from that, and they're now delineating drill targets and all the rest of it to, uh, to take it forward to, to, to the next step. But as I say, the, the, the company has this route of assets. In addition, they have their own uh, they have two drill rigs that they own: the Midas Drill Rig and a, a, a drill rig that was recently uh, recently arrived at Melbourne. Um, the company is also able to generate uh, income from those drill rigs when they're not being used by the company. So they have they have uh, that to that um, a, a, as a source of income, which is quite unusual for a junior explorer. In addition, um, they have an asset in the Philippines. They own the Danglay Project, ninety percent of the Danglay Project. Gold project in the Philippines, which has a has a, a resource mineral resource estimate uh, 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 that uh, that uh, that the company is is, uh, is looking to um, to to move on to uh, at some point. In addition, um, the company also has a property at the Kresik project uh, in Victoria. Um, that may well get sold on at some point. The company's already sold two previous projects. So the company's fully funded to conduct all its activities for this year. Um, and there is a there is a raft of news flow coming up over the next few months. And I think investors are positioning themselves to take full advantage of that, because I think we're going to get some pretty exciting stuff, certainly out of Hurricane uh, and from Lulworth and and probably from Crestig as well.
1: Thank you very much, Alan. So I mean, it's quite interesting because both of the companies that we're going to discuss today, ECR and and Tech, are of course listed on on the AIM. And you know, obviously the developments that you have outlined there, and I think this is the same for for Tech Capital. Yeah. There, there is this big disconnect between the fundamentals mm. of what companies are doing and the share prices. I mean, we're looking at an AIM market which is down thirty five percent over the last two years. About seven percent down so far this year, and you know there's companies that are being caught up in 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 this sell off, not because of what they're doing, but because it's a UK focused yeah. index. You know the the people that invest in this are very much. Exposed to to the UK economy and and, and consumer sentiment more than anything. Mm. Do you feel, not just for for tech capital and and ECR, that given what we discussed at the beginning of the podcast, that yes, inflation rates are, are falling down, we may see lower interest rates potentially over the next six months, or certainly start to see them plateau? that that starts to increase the mood, the general sentiment in investors, when you're looking at you know, consumer confidence as well, as well as in, in investor sentiment, that we just start to see at some point a big turn in some of these companies. Completely, you know, let's not take away the, the news flow, but just people that are looking at some of these companies that have been knocked down and starting to think these, these companies have been oversold, you know, yeah. not just Tech Capital and, and ECR Minerals. And we start to really see a tick higher, a quite substantial tick higher. I mean, just looking at what's happened to the AIM in the last few days, mm. you know, we, we've seen a, a good, a good tick up there, and that's very much on the back of very little else apart from this inflation data. So
0: do, do you think this is a trend that could start to continue? Absolutely. I think I think you're absolutely right, Jonathan. You've you've, you've actually hit the nail on the head because yes, as you rightly say, this newsflow is coming up, and um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about tech capital in a second. And just looking at there at the what the broker has published as the net asset value of the company. There's a massive disconnect there. Um, and equally, I mean, Andrew Haythorpe, chief exec at, uh, at uh, ECR Minerals, he do, he developed a company called Crescent Mining. Uh, he developed it from an $8 million uh, explorer into a $250 million, um gold producer. So he's he's done the hard yard. He's, he's, uh, he's gone through that process. Um, and he said in interviews on many occasions that ECR has the best, Portfolio of assets he's seen, um, you know, um, bar none. So, so you know, for, for for a guy with his track record to come out and say that, that that's exciting. But I think I think you're right. I I don't think there's any magic here. The news flow is going to happen anyway. All the companies that uh, where share prices have been flattened, those companies have carried on uh, carried on uh, um, doing what they do. Uh, under, undertaking the exploration work, um, innovating, you know, as in text case, you know, with, with, the, with, with the different uh, uh, um, investee companies it has. Um, nothing's changed. Uh, it's only now with, I think, uh, yeah, the, the fall inflation, people being enticed back to markets, there's more volume, more interest, people are coming back and reading stuff. And as you said, they're doing the math and looking at it and saying, well, the company's valued here, but, um, but uh, the actual net asset value of the group is over here. There's a disconnect, so there's value in the market.
1: Indeed, indeed. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that disconnect for tech capital now, because we're looking here at shares trading at around ten p. Hmm. Alan, but you know, talking about disconnects, that's a huge gap between the current share price and what SB Angel, the the, the brokers, valued them at. Just back in the thirty first of May, so I mean, how, how big is this disconnect?
0: Well, it's huge. I mean, Tech Capital Trading, where it is at the ten P, has a market capitalization of eighteen million, with the with the the uh, the uh, complete group of investee companies added together. And this is the state they have in listed companies, and of course, companies that are coming to market. Um, we have uh, an overall group total of. Fifty-one uh, million pounds sterling. So you know that's uh, that's getting on for of three times, th- or uh, that's two and a half times the current valuation. But uh, uh, unfortunately, at the moment, it's quite typical. So, but but I, I think what we're seeing now is those these valuation gaps are going to be addressed. But in the case of in the case of, of tech capital, you look at the portfolio it has, um, of course. Innovative Eyewear um, recently, uh, well, it it it, uh, it listed on the Nasdaq uh, late last year. The company has a has a chunky stake in that business. It also has warrants uh, going forward as well. Um, And uh, it's it's this uh, um, intelligent eyewear where um, I I was just reading some information on the site. Actually, it's quite interesting that pedestrian fatalities have increased by. Sixty percent from two thousand nine to two thousand eighteen, simply because everyone's ride, um it, you know, everyone's walking along on the smartphone, crossing the road without looking, and and boom, and uh, the these these uh, Bluetooth glasses that uh, um, the company provides, they actually have speakers on the frames, um, so you can actually. Walk along, be aware of your surroundings, and uh, you know, speak to people, understand conversations, or look at data. Um, but also be aware of your surroundings too. So that's a, that's a really, a really uh, uh, unique and interesting USP. But Lucid, of course, listed on the Nasdaq, and uh, the valuation of the um, the the asset there is uh, at the moment there's um, th- there's six point six million attributed to that valuation. But uh, you know, it, it, um the the innovative eyewear share price hasn't sort of exactly sort of exploded into life. So I think there's an awful lot more to come from there. 71% stakes still in the company too for Lucid. And then we come to Guidant, which is unlisted. This is... Uh, uh, this is uh, a company that um, manages uh, autonomous vehicles so driverless vehicles it uh, has it manages the stations and the infrastructure that oversee oversee the running of those vehicles and obviously the safety and um if you look at the deal flow sort of from tech capital over the past year we we saw new patent secured by guidance announced uh in the middle of June um and uh and uh, indeed the, the the company is really starting to to, to motor, use the pun, and um, uh, AVs are part of the future, whether we like it or not. So guidance is very much uh, front and centre with that. And then, of course, we come to uh, micro salt, which is, you know, that they say the best ideas are, are the simplest ones, and I think micro salts uh, basically smaller salt granules that contain less sodium and, of course, in the fast food industry, you know, the health that the health, the, the, the health sp- um Issues resulting from people consuming fast food are well documented. A reduction, a a massive reduction in salt that Microsoft's uh, salt grains provide will be huge going forward. And uh, Microsoft, of course, is on its way to IPO. um, uh, A tech capital owned pretty well 97% of the company. um, And and as such, they're they're, going to benefit hugely from when the IPO takes place, and again, um, lots of progress with Microsoft expand its retail network in the USA. Um, we've seen uh, we've seen Jack Steen appointed brand ambassador for the for the company early this year. Uh, partnership with large USA retailers. So so really in this runway up to up to the IPO, um, you know, Rigani and his team really are hitting the ground running and. Uh, when you're bringing a company to market, that's what you have to do, and they're certainly ticking all the boxes in that regard. Um, and then, of course, we we have the other investments the uh, the group, the company owns 12 percent of Bellescure. That's the the uh, respiratory medical device company that develops that's developed a port- portable oxygen generator for COPD sufferers, so it allows them to walk around with these lightweight uh, 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 um, oxygen generators, uh, providing on the on the go oxygen for for surface which, which is fantastic so you add all those together uh, the, the, the remaining state that uh, the company has in Bellascura, uh, you know you're looking at a valuation of 51 million and that's uh, that's very easy to, to calculate but as, as as has happened with so many uh, companies that invest in other companies over over the time that valuation simply hasn't been reflected but in addition to that um, it's not just the investment portfolio, uh, that Tech has it also has a huge network um, that uh, uh, brings investors together. It has a, a huge uh, database of investors and also a huge database of of, of projects and and uh, and innovative ideas in universities around the world. So if you're an investor looking to invest into early stage technology, you can go to uh, Tech Capital, use the app, and and uh, zero down on the on your preferred technology or idea and it'll it'll show you where technology uh, or uh, technology that's within your sphere of interest um, is actually sort of uh, being developed around the world. And, uh, you know, you can then get more involved if you wish to. So that's an extremely valuable network uh, that I don't think uh, has ever been really recognised in the share price of, of tech capital. So you add all that together, plus the investments they already have. I think this company is hugely undervalued and I'm sure you know, as investors come back to aim and as uh, as the interest rates start to fall and um, and uh, investors look around for opportunities because, of course, currently they're getting uh, some fairly, uh, some uh, historically better than usual returns on cash on deposit. But, of course, as interest rates start to fall again, that will fall away. So they'll come back to the market uh, on that basis. Um, either way, it's a very exciting future, I think, for uh, both of the companies, uh, Tech Capital and ETL Minerals.
1: Indeed, indeed. J- just putting a, a quick note there. Some of the percentages of uh, the ownership of Tech Capital of uh, the portfolio companies have changed uh, slightly since uh, that report from SP Angel. Particularly in the case of Innovative Eyewear, they, they've undergone uh, some growth funding, so the the holding of, of Tech has has changed there. And, and I think maybe on, on Bellascura, As well, but they still hold significant proportions of these companies, and of course, with innovative eyewear, they've brought to market the 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 world's first Chat GPT enabled smart eyewear. Mm. You know, this is something that you know is in its early stages. You know, it's a huge market, a huge potential market for smart eyewear. The having that AI enabled voice. Interface is is something that you know does provide that that uh, blue sky territory uh, for for innovative eyewear going forward. I've got a number of licensing deals with 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 Reebok and and Nautica. You know that's very in the very early stages, so so maybe to some extent flying under the radar at the moment until these uh, these are available in the in the stores. But certainly something to to keep an eye on and uh, and look forward to for, for tech capital investors. So just as a a recap of uh, the two stocks that we discussed today, first of all, was ECR Minerals uh, with a ticker of ECR, and just then was was Tech Capital, both listed on on the AIM market, and of course, Tech Capital has a ticker of T-E-K. Alan, thank you for being on the podcast today.
0: Thanks very much, John.
1: Uh, Just as a final note to to listeners, we have the next installment of our virtual conferences coming up next week, the 26th of July. We will have, and, and looking forward very much to hosting Challenger Energy Group and Grit Group, the Real Estate Investment Trust focused on Africa. So do check out the events tab on the UK Investor Magazine website where you'll be able to get yourself signed up for that. Thank you very much to everyone for listening.